Welcome to the Contemporary Conversations podcast, biblical thinking on modern challenges. We are hosts, Joe and Nick, talk about modern issues that affect the local church in our Christian walk. So let's listen in on this newest episode. So bringing it back from part two, or bringing it back into part two, I should say, uh, we kind of left off on a very, a very big topic because I think it's a very practical, uh, practical topic to discuss, especially amongst Christians. So in the last episode, uh, Pastor Scott mentioned that you know he he's quote unquote supports the president, but he doesn't have that quote unquote undying support. And so uh, to to recap, was that an accurate is is that an accurate kind of kind of breakdown of what you were saying? Because I don't want to misrepresent what you were saying. Yeah, no, no, it is. And I was trying to think of a different word. Uh, you know, I support the president, but I. There's the other support. I, so I was struggling with, with finding a word for it. I but. think I think it just comes down to that we can support, because obviously, you know, we should give, render under Caesar what's due to Caesar, i.e. our taxes. Right. And, and, and just, and we also understand scripture says that uh, any and all authorities that have been placed above us, he put there. And, yes. and their job is to, you know, punish evil and all that stuff and take care of us, whatever. But I think what it comes down to is we can support our current president, whoever it is, when you're listening to this podcast, even if it's 10 years from now. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with being critical of like, like I think what Scott said last episode, which was, Hey, there's been a few qualities or things that he has said that is like, Hey, as a Christian, I'm happy about that. I'm happy with maybe those certain judges that went in that may help, alleviate some of the sinfulness or just the lostness of this world that's affecting my church. But at the same time, I can still critique the president. I can still have issues with his moral character uh, or the fact that like we've talked about, he may say some game, but there's been a few things that have not followed through with that. And that's politicians. So how, so how do you, so, so with that, uh, uh, Great, great point, Joe. So, so with that, how do we, how do we kind of encourage the idea of supporting, but, but also critiquing, insert politician here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So how do you, how, how do we go about encouraging that? Because um, as Joe mentioned last episode with this story on social media about the, uh, was a Senator that, 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 that passed away and that was just, undying that quote unquote, i guess it's going to be the term quote unquote undying support for that individual but yet we're going to look over all of his uh his theological shortcomings and everything so how do we encourage our our church members to have that kind of get away from that quote unquote undying support and to open open up open up the 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 politicians to uh critique because as from my experience right now, if you critique, we'll just say the current president, because that's typically the the uh, who's being discussed, they they see critique as as not being supportive. So how how do we how do how do we kind of as Christians? I guess we can either ask the question: How do we encourage them to get away from that mentality, or how does someone with that mentality kind of bring it back more towards that support yet critique? mentality if that does that question make sense yeah it does and and i think uh, you know generally speaking those that that are blanket or undying support i think if you got them alone they would they would also admit yeah he's not perfect you know but but they're not going to do that publicly they're not going to it'll be hush hush i know i know don't tell anybody you know but but 
so I think for me, you know, with Freedom Church, we, as our leadership team, we we have tried to move kind of to the more center. We 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 had some folks that were, you know, I I use the term always Trumper and never Trumper last time. We had some some people that were always Trumpers and and they they've they've started to at least in in our leadership team admit, yeah, uh, it's it's not all cupcakes and rainbows, right? <laughs> and 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 so it starts with with us as a leadership team being willing to have those conversations and and supporting the president involves you know praying for for the president because that's biblical. We're encouraged to do that. Pay taxes, uh, like what you mentioned. Although uh, if you guys have ever seen the movie Stranger Than Fiction, she gets audited for not paying all of her taxes. Yeah, I love she that only, movie. She only pays the portion that she agrees with. Right. Um, so <laughs> so may, maybe if we figure out, you know, these are the policies and programs we don't agree with, so we're not going to pay that percentage of right. our taxes. I'm not advocating that, by the way. Uh, pay your taxes. But um, but then also, I, th- I think some of it is educate ourselves. Like when we mention, hey, there's some stuff going on in the Ninth Circuit, a lot of Christians would be like, what, what's the Ninth Circuit? It's like the most liberal you know, court known un- to man in the and, past recent years. And it's shifting... Yeah, yeah, and that it, was a shock dramatically. Really, yeah. yeah, and 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 so so educating our praying for the president, you know, educating ourselves and 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 paying your taxes and whatnot, but then also be being honest about uh, shortcomings and 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 saying, hey, this is a um, this is a th- this is a man who is sinful. Um, who, who needs repentance, who needs Jesus. (laughs) We all need Jesus on a daily basis, but, but needs, needs that. And then praying for the people surrounding uh, the president or or whatever politician it happens to be, um, that, that they can speak life and speak truth, uh, into the situation and then praying for, and I'm starting to laugh, praying for our president to have the attention span to be able to listen to to that. Yeah. No, I, I, I I think that's a great point because I think, the and, thing that we've lost over time is the fact that if we look in history, having the ability to and the freedom to critique, debate your own yeah. elected leaders was, I mean, that that's America. That was because we wouldn't be looked at as, well, you know, Scott, how dare you? Yeah. It was right on, Scott. Like, that's great. You're challenging the leadership. Great. Keep going. But today, like you said, it's, it's either you're a never or an always. And, and if you, if, if you go against or say, well, I don't like this about it's the hammer comes down upon you. Like, how dare you do that? You know, look at those weirdos marching in DC. Like, how dare they, you know? And, and there's a reason freedom of speech and freedom of the press exactly. are American values. Oh, that was exactly the point I was thinking <laughs> of. Like that, that's the whole reason that freedom of speech exists because I don't want to go so far to say we're the only country that has, has the, the, uh, that the freedom to the extent that we have, but we are certainly a part of a very small number of countries that has the ability to be able to openly, publicly critique politicians and, and those in governmental power. Because if you look across, uh, we'll we'll use China as a great example because they're on the other extreme. I mean, they are you know they've got their internet locked down to yeah. to critique. I mean they they've got such a such a such a, a grip on 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 that freedom of speech that you know you're looking at jail time if you you know if you go against the uh, and their press is owned by the government. Oh yeah, and that's um and you know. You can make the argument about the government owning our press, you know. That's but that's but it's not as it's not as uh, obvious. It's not. And as, you it's can't not, go to a church unless it's a government sanctioned. That is very permitted true. Church. It's, so uh, 
sorry, let me, I want to say something because uh, I want to touch on this as a little bit of a rabbit trail and it's, it's on the fr- freedom of the press. I think one of the issues we have today is that like, you can't just go to one newspaper, one news station, one 24 hour news station or one internet news station. And they are genuinely like we, like you'd say your leadership's trying to, they're not in the middle. They're not in the middle politically oh, no. uh, or with their, their attitudes. And so that's made it harder today. Because, like, when you look in the past, 100 years ago, the newspapers, well, because that was mostly it, maybe the radio news and stuff like that, they were very centrist. They were very, like, you know, if they were going to critique the president, they also critiqued the opposite party sure. uh, of their ideas and ideals, where today it's like, you know, you have to watch Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and CNBC. You have to watch them all just to get a somewhat, hopefully, a a centrist view but it's hard and you have to dig you have to dig between the lines of all those news stations to find it like you have to consider every single news station um in order to uh in order to be able to find find those those more the actual truth i guess i should say yeah you're gonna get me up on a soapbox here um do it do it (laughs) so uh, I'm also an educator so i teach uh, i teach with a couple different universities and and uh I have a real heart for education, but we have failed our current generation by not teaching how to critically think uh, and how to do, do what you said, kind of read between the lines. So we, we have failed uh, in that regard. And, and there are some schools and there are some teachers. And I think generally most teachers genuinely want to do their job. There's some bad apples out there, but there's bad people in every profession. Uh, but, but, Kids these days have lost the ability to critically think about anything. Um, and I know that's another generalization, but, and it has to do with, uh, and I, there's a lot of things that, that play into it, but I think generally speaking, it's, it's because of this technology that, that is, that is keeping people away from having genuine conversations. Correct. And that starts at the dinner table that starts at the breakfast table even. Um, and, and so it plays in, into a lot of that, but, but I think it's how we as a church, how we as, as, as pastors can, can help that is being, I don't know, willing or open to, to have those conversations and, and to lead in the areas of critical thinking. And, and you mentioned earlier, you know, how, how can we encourage people to start being crit or to start thinking critically? And I think some of it is in our conversations with people, just ask them, well, well, what do you think God would say about that? What, what, you know, has, has the, what, what do you think the Bible, how, what, what Bible verse could, could, could we apply to this situation? What, what teachings of Jesus, what, what, what scriptural principle can, can we apply here? Um, because it's, it's, we can say all day long, I think, I think, I think, I think. Uh, but in reality, we need to, what does God think? What is what has God said about this particular issue? Or what has God said about, about this or that? Um, and take them back to God's word, because that, that's the, if we as Christians believe that's the standard of truth, why are we not pointing to that more often? What is the, what's that term? They, they used to be a class that you had to take in college where it was like how to learn how to properly have an argument, like in its traditional sense. I don't know what it was called, but you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? And that's something. Well, this, I, it's probably intro to philosophy or something like that. <laughs> but or no, like I, civics what, or something. No, like I'm that. looking for the term 
of like it's like a I don't remember the term, but it's like a term that means like to critically not only critically think, but to have a a critically thought out argument with each other where you get to <laughs> say your point, you get to say your point, but you're listening to each other. Like as part a debate of it. class? It's like a debate class. I forgot. We've I, been we've been trying to find this word to... for three episodes, <laughs> so we should probably just Google it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Use that technology I just railed on. To, That's to what I was trying it. to do. Oh, I was only asking because I had a friend of mine whose daughter went to school, and that's what she studied in. And then that's what she teaches up at CU Boulder, of all call, places. Call him or text him. Yeah, so. I, it, I didn't feel like it. Facebook stuff. <laughs> I think that, you know, you actually, it's actually kind of funny you mentioned like Googling it because we have, we have an infinite amount, well, um, uh, practically an infinite amount of information at our fingertips via our phones. And I think it's bringing it back to critical thinking. I think it's made us lazy because we can find any fact we need. We can find any any biased point that kind of you know go go into confirmation bias that that will support what quote unquote we, you know we believe. So it, it's kind of it's kind of really um, it's kind of really atrophied a lot of our critical thinking muscles because we don't have to memorize things anymore. Like if you asked me like like my uh, my mother's cell phone number, I I couldn't tell you because I just you know. Alexa, call, you know, call my mom, you know, or something. So um, we really, and I think it, we can tie that back to memorization of scripture because there's how many Bible apps nowadays? Oh my gosh. I mean, we have, an, we have like infant, we have, a, we have Bible, we have commentaries, we have the rhetoric. Rhetoric we is the word. I'm it. sorry. We have found it. No, I'm glad because that's like, <laughs> I'm glad we can finally tie, tie the bow on that one because we've been trying to get that for three episodes. Um, but we have the but we have Bibles, we have commentaries, we have all this at our fingertips, and it's kind of made us to where we don't. I don't want to say we don't have to memorize scripture, but we don't have to memorize scripture to be able to use it in a conversation. So maybe we should, maybe I say we, including myself, maybe we should put down the Bible apps and go back to paper and kind of like get get into the uh, get in get into getting that word in our heart instead of on our phones. Preach it. No, it's it's true. I mean, I found myself when I was reading from the Bible uh, that memorization came a lot easier. And, I, and I'll admit, I'm one where I am not a good person of memorization. Like, I just don't retain things like other people do. Same, same. But, but the fact that there is a difference to me when I pick up the Bible and I really have to memorize it and remember the order of the books, you know, and all that. And people are like, you've been to seminary. Doesn't mean I memorized it perfectly. Like my wife does a better job having my kids memorize it because she has them sing a song. But there's yeah, you're right. There's something better than that than just opening up and going, okay, book, chapter, verse, got it. You know, or saying, you know, hey Google, you know, what's that verse? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to. I don't. Let me let me just uh, caveat with this. I don't want to say the Bible apps are bad or technology is bad. No, it's incredible, incredible tools. But that's the thing; they're tools, and we need to utilize them properly. So don't let Bible apps be the uh be the substitute for memorizing it that's really it so don't don't rely on it too much yeah and i think one of the things that that would help um joseph with rhetoric (laughs) and and with (laughs) with with kind of increasing the 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 knowledge and being able to to spot uh truths from lies or lies from truths uh is not only you know getting in the word yourself and 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 reading it but shutting off the TV for a while and listening to, because there's some excellent podcasts out there um, uh, that deal, I know. deal with contemporary, like contemporary conversations. Issues. That is you a know, shameless you know, plug. Yeah, I was yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. do that, but I'm glad but, you did. Uh, uh, 
the like Albert Moeller's got a good one that, that he analyzes news and, and there, there's all sorts of really good podcasts out there that, that have to do with, with seeing issues from, from a, from a Christian or biblical uh, worldview. Uh, and, and so, you and know, I'll admit there's even good ones that don't have a Christian worldview, but they're great to listen to just to see what a proper dialogue looks like. Exactly. Well, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Or what it looks like to see someone who's not a Christian interview all spectrums of not just political identity, but other things that we'll be talking about in this this particular podcast, but just seeing what the dialogue looks like, yeah. what it looks like to have someone who may not agree with you, but just goes, tell me more, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the bottom line is is we've lost, I say we, the collective society has have lost the ability to dialogue. No matter what the topic, because we could we could sit. I mean, we we've discussed politics, sure, because it's a very you know it's very prevalent. It's a hot topic issue, but you can look at a lot of different issues and apply these same principles. You know, when it comes to when it comes to how to have a discourse of differing ideas. So let's bring this kind of home and say, okay, so we've heard your stories. Uh, you've given some examples. You've kind of shown us how possibly the church can move in that more direction to be that moral and ethical place where political discussions should be able to happen. So in line of having your identity in Jesus as a saved person, what, uh, what do you, how, how do you want to tie that all together when your identity is Jesus and we're dealing with these politics that people in your church are having those identities and holding on to them? How are you walking this out right now? You know, it's just reminding people that, that you know, Second Corinthians 5, old is gone, new is here. Um, we are to be Christ's ambassadors. We're not to be an ambassador of any political party. We're not to be an ambassador of any political person, uh, but we are to be Christ's ambassadors. So walking them through what it means to be an ambassador or a representative of Christ, it's not just what you do on Sunday morning, but it's a Monday through Sunday thing. Um, and, 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 and then, like I mentioned earlier, one of the the key factors or the key characteristics of Christ was this is this idea of grace, and being able to have a healthy understanding of how God's grace applies in our lives, but also how we're supposed to be gracious with other people, um, because we when we have these conversations, political conversations, and we know that they're going to get heated we are talking to someone made in the image of God and that is a human being. Um, and so having grace and compassion and understanding, um, and then just how can we biblically love them and extend God's grace to them, even though we, we disagree with, with them on, on all sorts of things. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I've had to apply that in my own life because my family is split down the middle as far as political identities go. Um, and then they're surprised when, when on one issue I'm over here and on another issue I'm, I'm over here. Hello. That's why I put my phone on silent before we get started. That was my bad. I didn't even know the phone was connected to this device. That's, that's funny. That's cool. But yeah, so, so, so having those conversations with people on both sides in grace and truth and love and, and then Billy being willing to, 
to receive reprimand. I, I've had some folks that have reached out to me and have said, Scott, you're dead wrong in this area. And, and we have those conversations. Um, and, and, and they do convince me of, uh, that, yeah, maybe I, I, sh I shouldn't have said that or should have said it differently. Um, but then you need to realize too, it goes both ways to, to, to be open to that. But, Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and it's, yeah, I, I think we, we are in danger of, of, having that political identity become uh, our primary identity. And, and that's not to be the case. And how do you encourage your flock? Like we talked about, like I brought up a little bit ago and that was talking about how obviously the world around us is lost and thus our elected officials, whether we like it or not, are going to vote things that are antithetical to our beliefs and to scripture and what you're teaching from the pulpit. So how do you uh, walk them through that? The fact that there are those fears and stressors out there. Yeah, prayer and grace and then communication. Uh, every elected official, uh, we are supposed to be able to communicate with in some form or another. Uh, and just having, being being able to have, even if it's a one-way conversation, to, to let our elected officials know, hey, this is what you did was wrong or what you did was right, you know, so on and so forth. But, but as, a, as, a, as a church as a whole, uh, once again, I go back to the primary responsibility of a pastor is to remind people of who they are in Christ. Amen. And, and free from political identities, free from even family identities, all sorts of things we could make a lot of podcasts about, but, but having that, that primary identity being in Christ. And, and that, that's one of the things we, we preach often at, at Freedom Church, our first services was on what is freedom from, from Romans eight and, and all that. And, and just what, <laughs> how blessed we are, not just in this country, but as Christians in this country that we can experience that freedom in Christ and then, then walk it out and live it out on a day by day basis. Amen to that. That's fantastic. So I want to thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation as we, like like Nick said, this is the heart of what we want to be able to do. Yeah. Meet with people like yourself that are local pastors that are walking through the rough rivers of just life that flows around us. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And you said I could plug. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'd love to know uh, what's your church name, what's some details about it, websites, Twitters, all that. And then uh, what do you got going on that's coming up at the church uh, that you'd like people to know about? Yeah. So it's coloradofreedomchurch.com. And uh, we started the church about two years ago. March 18th will be our two year anniversary. Um, and it was really just born out of the conviction that there are a lot of lost people, even here in Colorado Springs, Amen. The Mecca of Christian parachurch organizations. There's, you know, over 400,000 people in this city that are far from God. That means they either don't know God or they're, or they maybe know God, but aren't, aren't going to, to a church. So we have a desire to, to reach them. Our mission statement, if you would, uh, is freedom church exists to glorify God by making and growing more followers of Jesus. Uh, so everything that we do, everything that we're about is about bringing glory to God uh, and, and making and growing uh, followers of Jesus. So right now we, we just have our Sunday morning gathering. We're getting ready to add some things in the next month or two with youth group and, and a kids program and all that. But uh, uh, yeah, so we meet at 6862 Galley Road here in Colorado Springs at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, and it's a, it's a great group of people that is 
driven by the love of Christ and, and showing grace to people and, and, and all that. So I'm sure there's a lot of history of the church too, even though we're only two years old, you know, there's a lot of cool things that we've done and um, a lot of painful things too, that, that, uh, as you guys know, the birthing process is painful. So I'm sure we'll talk about that some other time, but <laughs> so if you're looking for a home church, please check out Colorado Freedom Church. Yes, please do. Please do. If I wasn't already plugged into a church, I'd be looking that way right now. But um, Pastor Scott, thank you so much for for coming on uh, coming on the show. Um, I've I've been really encouraged and blessed by by this conversation, by what you've had to say, and so thank you for being willing to uh, to have that that dialogue. Yeah, appreciate well, thank, it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Oh, totally blessed, man. All right, uh, everybody, uh, enjoy your week, and we look forward to hopefully you listening to us next week. All right, be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Contemporary Conversations podcast. You can find us on the interwebs at Contempt Convos for Twitter, Contemporary Convos for Instagram, or on our Facebook page, Contemporary Convos. You can also email us anytime at contemporaryconvos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless.